need a mission Sunday, and I wish it happened a little bit more often, because this world is a crappy world. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but it takes about mm, five seconds of reading my news stream when I start to believe a lie. I start to believe the lie that the darkness is winning. Do you feel that way? It's been nearly a year since Russia went to war on Ukraine. That's insane. It does feel that the darkness is all around us. It feels that not only is it over there, but it's also right here. And so I need Mission Sunday. I need to hear from the global team. I need to read the updates from the Flourish Ministry because I need to be reminded that God is at work that God is doing what he is going to do and what he does is good. You see, because what I have is I have this vision and the vision sometimes dims. And I don't have the proper eyes to see what God is really doing. And so I don't know if it's because also I'm a high school teacher the darkness feels a little overwhelming, and I don't know about you, but I'm a little worried. I have uh, two young teenage sons, and the stuff they put up with is scary. The stuff that they have to navigate every day in school is terrifying. Things that you and I could not have even imagined being real when we were going through high school. You know, the good old days. I went to high school in the 80s. Those were not good old days. There's been some serious improvements in our society. Thank you, Lord. But as my oldest, Finn, is about to get married, I'm now thinking about my grandchildren, which are not even a gleam yet in my son's eye. So, but, you know, you start to think that way. And so I fight fear. When I watch the news, I fight fear. When I sit down with a student who tells me something really, really difficult that's going on in his or her life, I fight fear. When my boys walk out of the safety of our house, I fight fear. It takes a lot of courage to believe the light. It takes a lot of courage to believe that God really is at work and that we're not alone on this earth trying to make up for what God's not doing. And so when Nikki and I were brainstorming together what, what passage we could use for this morning, you got to know I'm a missionary kid. I know all the missions passages. I've heard my dad preach all the sermons. I can tell you specifically the sermon from when I was in third grade, and my, my parents preached the same message every single Sunday we visited church, and that was uh, that the Brazilian church is a going church, it's a knowing church, and it's a growing church. I can preach that sermon. 
but I thought I would give you some original material. So when we look at today's message, we wanted to pick a passage that would capture what our students are experiencing. And that is, the world's a dark world, so how do we live until Christ returns? How should we go about the business of being his people until Christ returns? And that's a message that was written 2,000 years ago, but feels very modern. So we're going to start. We are today in 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 4 through 11. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness, so that this day should surprise you like a thief. Uh, what's What's the day? The day is the day of the Lord's return. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. There's a lot of darkness out there. There's a lot of darkness out there. And in 1 Thessalonians, Paul acknowledges to that church that Christians will live in a dark world until Christ returns. So he instructs these Thessalonian Christians to use this waiting time, to live in the light of day by putting on faith, love, and hope of salvation but he knows we're gonna need some encouragement. He knows we're gonna need to build each other up because this waiting time will feel long. And we will battle through discouragement. We will battle this darkness. So instead of believing the darkness, Instead of engaging the darkness, instead of supporting the darkness, or even instead of just simply going, well, it's dark out there. We are instead to be children of the light. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And we are invited, we are invited to participate actively with what God is already doing. And we do this by by being light. Light in a dark, dark world. We're children of the light, but we're children of a good God. And so when you go about your business, you are invited to, to be light, to shine brightly in a dark, dark world world. 
This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. I did not sing for first service. <laughs> I had to build the courage. <laughs> we are children of light. You see, it takes a new kind of way of seeing the world to see the light. It takes having kingdom eyes to instead of seeing the kingdom of darkness, we instead see the kingdom of God and what God is doing. We need kingdom eyes. But we don't know how long it's going to take until Christ returns. When I was young, I did not want Jesus to return. I had a whole lot of life to live. I wanted a boyfriend. I wanted to have long nails because I always chewed them up. I wanted to be cute. I wanted, to, I wanted Steve Heap to pay attention to me. I had lots of life goals, none of them productive, but lots of goals. I did not want Christ to return. That's the perspective of a child, isn't it? Uh, I want Christ to return. It's hard for me to go a week without wondering how bad does it have to be until Christ returns? How much worse is it going to get? And I don't mean to like start any panic attacks right now, but how much worse does it got to get until Christ returns? It's kind of funny, but I'm not really being funny because I'm low-key anxious. How much worse? Christians have been trying to predict when Christ will return since Jesus left. And every time we've tried, weird things have happened. So we should stop trying and instead start living. The temptation is to waste a lot of time and effort trying to, like, figure it out. And what that does is that means that then we can, like, exit the playing field, right? And so we can just, like, stop being participants in God's plan and instead just, we're watching. That's a waste of time. And Paul says, don't waste the time. Be light. Put on faith. Put on the breastplate of love. We've got a battle out there, people, and it's going to take some faith, some love, and some hope to make it until he returns. And that is not a passive activity. It takes a lot of courage to choose hope, to not give in, to not simply say, oh, well, I guess the darkness is winning. It takes a lot of light to when someone is in your face with a lot of darkness to be like, you want some darkness? I'll give you some darkness. Let's go. So we don't know how long it's going to be until Christ returns. 
So let's not worry about the when. And let's pay attention to the how of how we're going to live until he returns. So I've got some suggestions for you because I don't want to waste your time. Let's get busy living uh, and not dying, right? Wasn't that the quote in Shawshank Redemption? How should we live until Christ's return? First of all, let's be people of the light. Now, please understand me. I know that that sounds really trite, but to choose to be light, to choose to let our light shine, that is an incredible act of courage. To wake up in the morning and to know that it's going to be just as terrible as yesterday was. But you're going to live in the faith that Jesus is greater. That God is better. So to be light in a dark world is what we're called to do while we're waiting until the light of the world returns once again. The second is we are here to encourage one another. We need encouragement. We need a lot of encouragement, you see, because light dims. Sometimes it can even flicker. And for a split second, that darkness is right there. The darkness is real. And the darkness of this world and the darkness of our enemies seeks to corrupt all that is good and of God. The enemy seeks to corrupt our faith, to cheapen our love, to lessen our hope. But we're supposed to wear it like armor against this dark world. We're supposed to live, live and, and breathe and fight back the darkness with faith, with love, with hope. And these are not things that the darkness embraces. It is repellent to the darkness. And so we need to encourage one another to stay true to the word of God, to stay true to the guidance of the Holy Spirit, to stay true to what it means to be followers of the light of the world. And so we need to build each other up. (laughs) We need to build each other up because this world does such a good job without even trying of knocking us down. We need to build our young people up. It's tough out there, people. The things that they have to look forward to, the mess that we're leaving behind. We need to build each other up. And so for me to know that we have a global team that's seeking to figure out how to encourage people who have been on the front lines of darkness is exciting. We need to be reminded of that. That we can look for ways to build up our young people 
to help them have kingdom eyes. To see that God is not losing. That is something that you and I can step into. That's what you and I can do. And the last one is to look. Look for what God is already doing. So whether that's you in your office with your Excel spreadsheet, God bless you, you're doing the Lord's work. I can't, I can't. Nope, unless it's a sum function, I can't. If, if, if you're out there in the hospitals, in the clinics, what's God already doing there? When you're out there in the school, fighting back, the evil that so quickly wants to entangle our children. What's God already doing? How can you partner with what God's already doing? Because you're not a lone ranger. God's already there. But do you have the eyes to see? Do you have the kingdom eyes to see and then say, I'm in. Use me, Lord. I'm in. Maybe you're at home and you're praying for your kiddos and you're praying for your grandchildren and you're praying for your pastors. You're praying for all of those who are experiencing insecurity of some kind. Do you have the eyes to see what God is already doing? And then how can you partner actively, generously, prayerfully with what God's already doing. And so we were thrown a curveball back in 2020. And things shut down, and it was really tempting to believe that not much was happening. Right? Really tempting to believe that the darkness made huge strides during that time. It's just not true. I want to introduce you to a really lovely ministry, and I want to show you this fantastic mission statement. This ministry is called Restoration Ministries, and that little boy is a Brazilian child from the slums. And their ministry vision is impacting the world for Jesus Christ as a gospel-based ministry to underprivileged children in their communities. Restoration Ministries is doing the Lord's work on the front lines. And they've been around for over 20 years, working in the favelas, working in the slums, bringing hope to those who can barely see out of the smog of their own community. What I love about this ministry and the reason why we're sending our students to this ministry, if we could go to the next slide, is that this ministry has on their building their tagline, if you will, the thing that drives them, that gets them up every morning, and that gets them down into very, very difficult places, is that they are all about hope. If you look to the right of the yellow, 
To the right of the yellow, you can see some white lettering, and it's kind of cut off because of the angle. But what it says there in Portuguese is investindo em esperança, which is investing in hope. These people are not wasting their time. They're not living in stasis until Christ returns. No, 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 no. They're investing in hope. And so when Nikki was looking for a way to jumpstart the missions program in our youth and in our church as a whole, I think we need a little bit of a reminder. We looked at this ministry, and personally, this is a ministry that's personally connected to me, um, this ministry, my, my parents have been a big part of this ministry. They did not, my parents are missionary, were missionaries to Brazil for 40 years. They did not start this ministry. But someone that they led to Christ, that then led someone else to Christ, that then led someone else to Christ, started this ministry. And this year I get to send my kids there. The Lord is at work. He is doing good things through the generations. And so, when we look at why do we bother? Why do we send people across the world? Why do we collect goods for disadvantaged children in our own communities? We do this because we're investing in hope, the hope of Christ's return, and that our role is to be here, present, not running away. Present, with kingdom eyes, stepping into, partnering with, collaborating with what God is already doing. So I'm going to invite Nikki to come up and talk a little bit about the details of this really amazing opportunity. Yeah, I think um, the, the other encouraging thing with Restoration Ministries is that we as a team aren't going down there and creating new programs or doing new things. We're partnering with them in the ministry that they are already doing to the slums of Sao Paulo, Brazil. And so our team gets to go, and we are actually running a camp for 50 of the elementary school kids. And our team is highly musical. You'll see who's coming. And so we're going to have it be music and art-based. The other thing that we get to do that Restoration Ministries already does on a daily basis is they go into the slums and they do home visits. This is, I think, the thing that I know I'm going to have to branch out one, they speak Portuguese. I don't speak any Portuguese, and they don't speak a lot of English. But these home visits are a time where we get to share our testimony, and it's all spirit-led. The staff said, sometimes it's a five-minute visit, sometimes it's an hour-long visit. You just let the spirit lead and see what happens. And then the other thing is we get to do evangelistic block parties for the students and for the youth that are a part of these slums. And so we get to go and we get to partner with the exciting work that Restoration Ministries is already doing down in Sao Paulo. We get to go and we get to build up and we get to encourage this team. But I know that they're going to build and encourage us up as well. 
CCC, um, our student ministry, I'm gonna read you guys our um, mission statement. Some of you guys might not know what student ministry is all about, but this is what we are about. CCC Studio 72 is a vibrant ministry for students 6th through 12th grade. Together we grow and deepen our faith in Jesus to live holistically healthy lives. We do this through meaningful fellowship, adventure, fun, creative worship, missional outreach, and bold exploration of scripture and faith. We get to bring a team of students to tangibly live this out and they get to take it back and be that light and be this hope on a daily basis. What an amazing thing that we get to do to help invest in the life of our students so that they can be the light, that they can be the hands and feet of Jesus wherever they go, in their school, in their work, wherever. Studio 72, this is our kind of key verse, and then I'm going to invite our team up and introduce you guys to them. This comes from Luke chapter 10, verse 1 through 2. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. The Studio 72, the 72 is those 72 others. We get to help equip and send out our students into the real world to help them gain this understanding that they get to be a light in this dark world. That they are the ones that get to speak life and help build up and encourage those around them. And so this is an incredible opportunity for our students to take part, to be exposed, to, to grow and to deepen their faith. So I'm going to invite the team up now, and I want to introduce you guys um, to this group of individuals that get to go with us. So this is our team of eight, and we actually still can bring like six to seven more people. So if this morning you're like, man, this sounds really exciting, I wanna be a part of this, come talk to me. Come and talk to us. The other thing that we are asking is that our team is um, raising $30,000 to go on this trip. We are asking the congregation to help raise 9,000 of that. And there's gonna be some opportunities throughout the summer, uh, or throughout this year, Party Palooza is one of them, which if you guys remember, we had Party Palooza and then that very following Friday, the entire world shut down. So let's hope and pray that Party Palooza doesn't shut the world down again. <laughs> but we have some awesome, we're gonna do um, silent auction. We've got some really cool um, things already come in. We've got Yule tickets, we've got symphony tickets, we've got abs tickets. Um, so take part in that. We are also gonna do a spring rummage sale and then a parents' night out. So be on the lookout for that and ways that you guys can either financially help or pray for us. We need prayer. Um, but this is our team. Um, Heather Dillon and Kyle Sutton, Ben is my husband, and then um, myself, we are all the leaders that are going on this um, team. 
sorry, David, thanks for, you know, panning and making sure that our <laughs> live stream people can see our team. Um, and then we have Noah Sutton, who is a freshman. Uh, we have Micah Dillon, who is a sophomore. Um, Isaac Sutton, who is a junior. And then Caleb Dillon, who is a junior. Did you guys put yourself in order? Senior, sorry. Did you guys put yourself in order on purpose? Thank you. This is why I like these boys. Um, <laughs> they know organizationally uh, helps me. So we are just thrilled and excited that you guys get to join us and that you guys get to come um, and partner with Restoration Ministries. So if you guys will, um, let's just bow our heads in prayer for this team and what God is going to do in and through these lives. Father God, thank you for this team of individuals and the call that you have placed on their life to go and make a difference and go and make um, an impact down in Sao Paulo. But more importantly, God, thank you that we get to go and partner with what you are already doing and what you have already established down there. Be with the staff um, in Sao Paulo. Be with us, Father God, here at Centennial, and may we just have a heart and um, may we just be the hands and feet, and may we be the light in this dark world. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.